There's some key terms, key concepts, and these are touched upon in the Mangala Sutta, respect, contentment, gratitude, ardent, uh, spiritual seekers, committed to the holy life. Oh, I think these are the phrases that are used. Yeah. Holy life, Brahmacharya, Brahmacharya. Yeah. So we start off with uh, respect, respectfulness, and in occasions like this, is a lot of respect being shown and demonstrated and enacted. And uh, yeah. and when one gives a talk, one pays respects. My my phrase that I say is I I. I bow in homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, yeah. and offer these words. Yeah. So this is not just me, you know, talking about my stuff or claiming to be the great something. The Buddha was the giver of the teaching. The Buddha was the the finder of the way, and some of us have had the privilege to be able to uh, soak and saturate and live out, live in that and. Some of our defilements, some of them at least have been washed away. <laughs> and so I was extremely uh, grateful to the Buddha and for the teaching and for the, all the people who have supported it. And, and so then there's a sense of respect, which is a, a kind of a very fine uh, uh, mood, atmosphere, because it's... it's uh, it's spacious, you know. Essentially, what it is just really, de- de- you know, deflating or softening one's one's sense of self, one's ego, one's sense of self, just softening it. When we soften it, then a sense of mutuality can occur. If people are inflating themselves, then there's a sense of who's bigger, stronger, better, and I've got the great thing, and everybody else is less than me. Uh, so, you know, we want to deflate that, and then there's a sense of just, you know, respectfulness. And when Dhamma is offered in respect, with respect to the teaching, I respect the Buddha, Dhamma Sangha, then just, this, you know, your sense you just listen with an open mind, and you pick up what you can, what's interesting for you, the rest of it you let it float over. Maybe that's for somebody else or another day. So this isn't like ramming something down somebody's throat or preaching. (laughs) So Buddhist monks are not allowed to preach. (laughs) We can can express what we understand if we're asked to do so. So that keeps it very modest, moderated. And a lot of this uh, is about... uh, uh, Shifting something, um, or changing something, or, or altering something that's quite uh, common for, for human beings, called, called raga. Raga. Uh, one of the th- three potent energies, or this a kind of inflaming, uh, and it can come in mild doses when we get a little bit pompous inflated in ourselves, a little bit of raga comes up. It's a kind of a passion. Yeah. It's often translated as passion or lust. But it's it's um yeah, it can be uh 
egotism, narcissism, uh, claiming to be the best or the greatest, uh, infatuation, intoxication, raga. <coughs> and uh, so this colors things, and naturally the, uh, the sense world tends to be colored by raga. Yeah, uh, colored by passion. Uh, it's the way the human beings operate within it. We, uh, human beings operate within the sense world to, to generate passion. And so, um, yeah. And the holy life is the elimination or the quietening down of that so that that fire energy of passion is transformed into something warm, not fiery, loving kindness. Brahma realms, brahmacharya. Holy life is the life of the brahmacharya. So the cooling of passion turns this fire into a steady warmth of heart. This warmth of heart then is uh, much more sustainable, long-lasting than the flare of passion. It feels more comfortable. Because we, we, you know, the brahmacharya. And what we notice by and large in the human world is everything is colored, many things are colored to get one excited. Uh, you know, it's a football team, get excited. Yeah. Vigorous movements, fantastic things, get excited. Clothes, get one excited, shiny, shiny textures, spangles, colors, get one excited. <laughs> Perfumes, get one excited. Bling and baubles, get one excited. Flashy, shiny things, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, the aim often for human beings is when you, when you take a break, time to get more excited. Go and indulge yourself, get excited, get more passion going, have a fun time. Uh, and so <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things get just quite worked up. And this, when we lose balance, and in fact that's considered good to lose balance. So you have a few drinks to make it easier because when you have a few alcohol that means you lose responsibility you, you can really get your passion going with no restraint it's not every, I'm not saying we do this but this is kind of definitely the, uh, the sort of encouragement to do that loosen up have a few drinks it means you lose sense of restraint and responsibility and therefore the passion can come out more fully yeah, yeah. And then people do foolish things, you know. So, uh, obviously, sexual abuse, very common. Uh, violence, uh, you know, criminal, be- irresponsible behavior. And that's kind of fun when you're doing it. <laughs> I guess otherwise people wouldn't do it. And we, but then we look at the, what fire that fire leaves behind in its ashes. 
the fire of passion leaves behind the ashes of the hangover and the bruising and the, uh, you know, and the burning up of resources and the burning up of one's energies. And the consuming, because this is a consuming fire. So we consume a lot of the earth's resources so we can have more passion, more excitement. So every time we, we kind of you know, recognize this and how prone human beings are to passion because it's, it's pleasurable. At least in the beginning it's pleasurable. Yeah. In the end it's kind of rather uh, unpleasant when you get the hangover or the damage. Yeah. So generally what happens is when you get that, have another one. <laughs> do it again so you get over it by getting excited and passionate about something else and of course when you know people uh, behave with each other in that way you get a lot of emotional and psychological uh, manipulation and abuse you use other people sexually just for passion so we get excited and naturally that could be pretty damaging uh, and yet the encouragement is also to kind of to encourage it, you know. So, what you know, and then we realize, well, why is it so? Because we do the the chitta likes energy; it doesn't just like it, it it goes with it. The chitta is fundamentally like an energy form, so you get a strong energy. The chitta is just sucked towards it pull towards it and so at that time we're just flooded and when we're flooded with passion our cares our worries uh, d- disappear <laughs> you know worries and cares and responsibilities our anxiety disappears because we're just flooded with this jitters just soaked in this energy that's rushing forward rushing on gobbling things up uh, and that's part part of the thrill of it all yeah course this means we haven't actually dealt with our worries or anxiety or problems we've just basically ignored them <laughs> and so when we get back we when the passion dies down then we're still left with those same uh, problems and uh, yeah we haven't dealt with it unfortunately the, well, the effect of passion on the jitta is it makes it less capable of dealing with subtle qualities and things, sensitive areas like anxiety or worry or guilt or regret. Things have to be handled very carefully. The jitter of passion is pretty clumsy and, and brutal. Yeah. It's, it's an animal or a demon sometimes. Um, so it's this kind of I mean, it's kind of the fire element, and when we feel the fire element, and it just burns through the chitta, yeah, called karma raga, fire of sensuality, the fire for becoming, bhava raga, means this passion to be famous or on top or win or be a you know world leader. You know, and you can do elections, people get really fired up. 
so they can get to be the dominant dominator. Passion, a huge ego, right? <laughs> the king or the whatever it is, you know. And they're totally inflamed with their own self-importance. And there's, with, under that effect, there's almost no deceit, manipulation that they will not involve themselves in in order to achieve that. So with raga, scrupulousness, conscientiousness, conscience and concern, the welfare of others all disappears. <laughs> yeah. And it colors everything. Yeah, most of us are not not that bad off. We're not affected to that degree. Uh, mm. Mm. You see the extreme damage it it can cause in its extremities. And then you're looking at that. Why is it that human beings? Why is it that? Because what one considers one human being is doing, you recognise. Well, I'm a human being too. We've got the same. Makeup, you know, in different degrees. What's that, and how does that, how does that, what, you know, is there any any of that quality in myself? Yeah. Because we're all human, we all have the same chitta. So I say, yeah, the chitta follows energy, yeah. and sensory energy tends to be the energy that goes out into the sense realm is of a kind of flaring quality because the whole thing is it consumes and we eat and consume we drink and consume we take something in and then when we finish with it that's burnt out we take get another one so it's it's always hungry it's a flaring and uh, it's addictive to sense in which I was saying the other day, how sankara, so this, this kind of, so raga affects the sankara. The sankara is the doing, activating, forming, quality, um, 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 energy in the, in, the, in the heart or in the body, kind of movements. So, so naturally, when there's a movement of energy, sankara, and that energy is involved with passion, and the, very quickly it's impulsive, rushes. And the more violently it rushes, the less breadth of vision or understanding occurs. That gets eliminated. Yeah? And Sankara, as it uh, acts, it, uh, it, it acts it's like a track. You know, and so we get, it becomes a habit. Yeah. And what it, it begins to do is it, it, it remembers that track by establishing perceptions, okay. meanings. You see something, oh, that means that's really, you know, a sex object. So you might see a man or a woman as a sex object. If you keep following that tendency, you, you see people in that way, you see bodies in that way. This is something to, for passion. Yeah. So your, your sankara begins, oh, that means that, that's that, that's that. So it begins to create the perception of a human body as being something fundamentally 
attractive that you want to get hold of or have sex with or something like that. So this is, this is an intellectual, it's not an intellectual learning, it's an emotional and energetic learning that perception gets established. Once that perception is established and your mind keeps running towards it in that way, yeah, it gets firmly established. Right? So then this plays out that when you see or hear or think that contact arises, then this perception comes in that's desirable. Yeah. And it might be you know, anything like you see of course advertisements are full of it. You know, advertisements are full of it. They see a bottle of whiskey, for example. When whiskey I mean I, I don't think I've even had any in my whole life, I don't think I've had whiskey. But uh it's clearly, you know, a dog wouldn't drink it <laughs> because it's poisonous. It damages your liver. <laughs> it's got a kind of fiery flavour and it, it obviously affects the mind. Uh, and yet when you see the, the fact, the advertisements of it, it's always something very uh, seductive. It's attractive. It's to do with sophistication. It's to do with having a really pleasant, cosy time. It's about glamorous people. It's about intimacy, glamorous people. Uh, in a quiet, pleasant, luxurious place, sipping a glass of whiskey. It's not about poisoning your liver. <laughs> so, when you, so then you see this label or this thing, you think, oh great, I want one of those. One of those, because it means that. It means pleasure, intimacy, luxury, sophistication, romance. It means all those things. That's what it means. It's actually just a, f- a fluid. Yeah. The bottle is shaped. It's a nice shape, you know, a pleasant shape you want to hold. So it means all those things. That's perception. Yeah. Now... So, so that, that that gets repeated time and time and time and time and time and time again yeah, through advertisements and through publicity. So the mind begins to see that as that's what it is. It actually is a source of sophistication, elegance, refinement, warmth, romance, luxury. So it hits that button button in the mind, in the chitta, goes, oh yeah, that gets me into this lovely, warm, excited, carefree, irresponsible, no worries space. Then then naturally you follow it. So this is how perception gets learnt. And its perceptions, and it's it's tinted with raga. So this sankara that actually registers something as being something is called contact, passa. Now, you may think contact is just something when your finger touches the wood or the, whatever that's contact. That is, that's called patika passa. Patika passa means basic impact. Boom. Impact. Yeah. Now, when your eyes see a bottle of whiskey, 
Well, you, you know, just basically brown liquid. So, <laughs> impact, you know, it recognizes it's this and not that. Contact means it's this and not that. It's definitely this, it's not that, it's not blue sky. It's bang, it's that. And then you get the meaning comes in. Now the meaning is called Adivajana Pasa. This means, uh, Adivajana means the designation. Uh, what it, what it, so that means that impact comes in after it. Right? So you get the, imp, the pure sense contact. Then you get the mental contact, which is what the thing means to you. Yeah. And so, you know, so then, then that's the one that grabs the chitta. The chitta's not interested in whether you're touching metal or glass or wood or fiber. <laughs> Who cares? What the interest that the, the chitta is in, in, interested in is, does it mean luxury? Does it mean comfort? Does it mean excitement? Does it mean passion? You know? Yes, then I'll get it. I'll have it. Right. Yeah. So this one, Adivajana Pasa, the uh, designation contact, that dominates everything. That dominates things. That's the one that counts. So we take things like, for example, cigarette smoking. You know, I used to smoke cigarettes myself. And didn't really know what it was. Just that's what, when I was fifteen or so, that's what big guys did. They did it. Big guys did it. I'll do it because that's what shows you're a man. You have a cigarette. You smoke, drag some smoke into your lungs. Cough a bit. Okay, you've got to do this to show you're a real guy. You know. <laughs> so you, you smoke cigarettes and and. Uh, and you can sit around, like, and you see some, you offer them a cigarette, they offer you a cigarette, you sit down, smoke your friends, that's it. It's a kind of token gesture of we guys together, you know, sophisticated men of the world kind of thing. Adults, because you can smoke a Pall Mall or a Lucky Strike or a Camel or whatever. <laughs> uh, and of course, you, you see the movies, you know, the cowboy comes into town and tough guy got a cheroot you know cheroot's really cool gets a cheroot and throws it away spits it out you know really cool wow this guy's really really cool you know he chews the cheroot and spits it out that's really cool <laughs> or chews the tobacco and as he chews while he talks and he spits out the juice it's really cool it's a tough craggy looking guy or you meet, you know, some detective, some detective story, and detective sitting, he's got a cigarette hanging out of the corner of his mouth. What do you think you're doing? He's got a gun in his hand, he's got a cigarette hanging out of the corner of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, really cool, really cool, you know, good guy. So, yeah. So you get these kind of images associated with a cigarette. Or you can, you know, you could offer them a seduction, you know, here's a cigarette. So you want to charm some lady, you show her, give her a cigarette. She sticks it in her mouth and lights it. That means we're friends, you know, hey, things are lighting up. Wow. 
And so then, of course, there's a big campaign eventually because you know they're finding out more and more people getting lung cancer and heart attacks because of this inhaling all this tobacco. Um, (laughs) So then it gets even cooler because I'm so tough, I don't care that I'm killing myself. That's how tough I am. (laughs) So you see these, uh, uh, you know, cigarette packs have got things like, this will kill you, this is dangerous, this will destroy your lungs. I'll buy a packet. (laughs) That's how cool I am. I don't care if I kill myself. I'm really cool. (laughs) It's just... What is going? Dog wouldn't do it. <laughs> Dog's too smart. <laughs> and yet you say dried leaves, put them in your mouth, set fire to it. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's got a mild effect of just your cares are gone, and at least the advertisement is that way. You're a carefree smoker, you're relaxed, you're cool. No worries, so forth. So you buy that. You buy that. You don't want to buy a bunch of leaves, you buy the image. Nadivajanapasa rules the day. So you can have words saying this will kill you, destroys your health, costs 20 bucks a packet, doesn't matter. That's just, that's, that's the reasoning. This is not about reason, this is about an emotional instinct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. these are examples of how passion rules reason. <laughs> Reason, we're not reasonable creatures, really. Reason doesn't mean that much. We're mostly uh, chitta wants feeling, and, you know, wants feeling. And the biggest feeling you get is this sense of, the strongest feeling is this sense of raga, and I've got it, I'm fantastic, and that's great, you know. Yeah, and so... (laughs) What do we do about this chitta? <laughs> you know, so of course it, the sense is you're restraining, but chitta doesn't like restraint that much. Because <laughs> it's, oh, I, I want some happiness, I want some fun, you know, why are you being so mean, miserable? Uh, you know, what's wrong with this? So, yeah, so you may find you know, passion around things that are a little more, less destructive, like food or going to the opera or something like that, that's not going to destroy my health. No, it's not. And yet, of course, when the show's over, there you are, back again with, so what? And (laughs) and clearly, you know, the the sense is that what what we're really recognizing is fire energy, something that Jitta really is drawn towards, now, is it possible to turn that somewhere else? <laughs> turn the fire somewhere else? <laughs> yeah. And then it says, ardent. Ardent. Ardent comes from the word for fire. Tapas. Ardent. One's, one is enthused. One is lit up. Uh-huh. Chanda, one is motivated, one is interested in turning this process around. So you get a sense of realizing the power 
And the danger of raga, you get another fire, which is, I want, I, want to get, I want to get past this. I want to deal with this. I want to get on top. I don't want to be dragged and addicted by this stuff. So you get a little bit of enthusiasm. Yeah. And then one uh, supreme way in which we turn the fire is the qualities of heart, of kindness, uh, gladness, compassion, generosity, giving, contentment. We warm, and this warmth has got a long-term, steady, non-destructive, non-corrosive effect. It warms everything. We feel warm and contented. We have no hangovers. <laughs> you know, it leaves no, no ashes behind it. The fire then doesn't burn, it just turns into light and radiance. This is called the Brahma. Where the fire moves from the sensory domain to the fine material domain, which is the energy, subtle body, to the adhichitta, the higher mind, the mind that's tuning in, to subtler, full body, whole body uh, energies, rather than just uh, one sense object, but everything internally, externally, you, me, everything, just saturating everything, with a quality of good goodwill, non-harming, uh, tenderness, sensitivity, gladness, love, yeah, that which seeks to cherish and uh, comfort and, and turn it that away. And so this is the way in which the, the fire is tamed. Or one way, and of course, as we're contemplating these elements and breathing (laughs) in and out, Uh, also the vitality of the breathing is it the fire? It's the sense of the that which arises. A moment of the breath, when we breathe all the way out, you get to that sense of end of the out breath. It's as if you're touching the earth. There's a certain sense of solidity, ending, and then something pulls in. That's the fire. That's animation. That's the life spark. When it doesn't come in, you're dead. Your last, your last breath is an out-breath. The last breath, the last phase of breath is the out-breath and then it doesn't come in, you're dead. <laughs> right, so every time that comes in, that means the fire lights it again. 
when it comes flooding in, and energy comes moving in, you know, saturates the body. This is a warming effect. Uh, if you go to uh, feeling the breathing rather than just observing, watching, thinking, counting, breathing, but feeling the breathing, in breath is literally is inspiration. Inspiration is like the fire coming in, like sun rising, like dawn coming in. It's something lifting within you, and you feel your skin tingle with it. And it's a very, it's a suffusive warming effect. It's not hot, but it, it turns fire into light. It can be the case that you experience certain luminosities come with that, that, that movement. The fire element. This is so, and one who trains themselves to restrain the fire of the senses does so in tandem with turning to the spiritual fire. Yeah. Fire not of sense is the, the fire of inspiration, commitment, uh, and the, the, the steadier energy associated with just with the heart itself, not with the senses. Then we get satisfied because this is the this fire doesn't burn, it illuminates. Mm. Yeah. We also recognize the Brahmacharya as they do with the, what's called the Brahma Vihara. Brahma Vihara is a, a word that's used to encompass all the four uh, measureless states of goodwill. If you look, if you go outside, you'll see uh, in the courtyard this strange statue with its fourfold, it's like some sort of deity of some kind, with various, holding various things with four faces. And this is Brahma. No. It's an Indian deity in the Vedic tradition. It's got four faces. And in uh, yeah, so in, in the Buddhist tradition, they kind of took that image and then gave it a Buddhist turn, because it's this you know they, they kind of made it into a Buddhist thing. You see, so then this deity with four faces is supposed to be the kind of lord of all, seeing all the directions. They turned it into the qualities of the four faces of love. <laughs> yeah. So it's a kindness, metta, which is essential opening of the heart with a sense of shedding its light, yeah. feeling the, the light and joyfulness of non-harming, non-violence, non-cruelty, yeah. non-scorn, non-despising. Yeah. It's respectful. If you begin with respecting is equal value, yeah. not me better, but equal value. Yeah. Then, if you begin with that, and it's not fearful, it's just a sense of people are valuable because they're, you know, they're alive, and they're so you you treasure life. 
and you treasure human qualities. You start with that and pretty soon if two people are respectful in this kind of gentle way, the goodwill starts flowing because it's natural. It's natural when there's no fear, no jealousy, no sense of being intimidated. Naturally what occurs is goodwill starts flowing. Because why shouldn't it? What's, what, if there's no fear and no aversion, then naturally the jitta starts experiencing goodwill. If it's not passionate to consume something, it's not infected with raga, so it's not seeking to eat something up, the jitta naturally gen- generates uh, tenderness and, and joyfulness, goodwill. Yeah. And this, this then, once we establish this modality of, of respect for, you know, for others and respect for oneself or one's own embodiment, respecting your own body rather than wanting it to be stronger, different shape, different color, different age than it is. You know? Just respecting this is not supposed to be uh, uh, kind of an advertising <laughs> emblem or a sex object it's just the body that does breathing very well is animated and it's got all kinds of sensitivities in it that could be useful for our liberation you respect it and you care for it handle it well and then you get a sense of body feels comfortable because we're not forcing it or pushing it their attitude is one of respect. And goodwill starts to arise. And this is the territory of our, all our practice must be held in this territory. Uh, that's the only territory where there can be full growth, proper growth. Uh, and if you begin to... Uh, train and adopt this attitude and relinquish criticism, judgment, measuring, better than, should be, could be, not as much as. You start putting aside these measurements. That's called the apamana, the measureless. And kindness is, is the first quality of the measureless. It means we put aside the measure, measurements of you know, how good and how fantastic, just this is, and instead, naturally, the chitta is just warming. And it tunes into that, it's sustainable. Now, as with body, so with mind. The mind is often extremely fettered with passion, ill will, guilt, regret, fear, craving, should be this way, should be that way, pain, and so forth. Pain, worry, distress, 
and then you sort of say, try and control it and stop it and change it and make it better and get it, come on, get up and get a bit, come on, get me into stream entry quick, will you? <laughs> Give it a kick. <laughs> and stop talking so much when you and be quiet and go peaceful. <laughs> you know, this is not a respectful attitude. <laughs> and in that, you know, you it can't grow because it, it's constantly under the quality, under the, the canopy of ill will. Or we, and ill will is often comes when we're not getting our, our our passion isn't being accomplished. I'm not getting the exciting, wonderful experiences I should have. Blissful, powerful, radiant, that's what I want. I want one of those. I'm getting this crummy, moaning, miserable thinking going on. Well, a true practitioner isn't interested in results. They're interested in right now relationship. So relationship to the fretful, stressful mind is like, you know, the way we relate to a hungry dog or a frightened monkey, just holding it carefully, carefully, qualities of loving kindness, non-aversion, non-measuring, non-comparing with others, not comparing with what it should be, but actually dealing with it as it is. And this means a very gentle, steady, and it's a steady suffusion of this begins to soften the mind, and it begins to relax and feel more comfortable. Naturally this can, as we are doing, while well, we're doing our meditation, this is to be born in mind. We have the, the natural gift of breathing. Remember, breathing is not supposed to be a, a competition or something you have to get hold of the breath, hunt the breath, get it, hold it tight, get on with it, but just open up and receive it. Your body does it all the time. Receive the, the feeling of it. And the feeling of it is gently suffusive and comfortable. You know, the in-breath is the fire expanding like sunrise. The out-breath is the cooling like sundown. And we just experience this lovely flow. Um, and then training your mind to turn towards that with no, no idea about where you've got to get to next, but just learning to respect and dwell in the quality of an energy that is free from passion, ill will, and negativity and craving. If you can breathe like that, or breathing can happen like that, walking can happen like that. Yeah. Feel the, the flow of walking. Yeah. The energy that picks up from your back when you lift a leg, moving. And so this uh, spiritual life, holy life, is this kind of, in some ways, extremely modest by worldly standards. Uh, extremely modest. 
not sensational. It doesn't make the headlines. You know, Ajahn Sujito had a good in-breath today. Doesn't, not really, really cares. <laughs> but by slipping out of the world, you conquer the world. <laughs> by slipping out of the world, you conquer it because it no longer dominates you. And then you're safe from the raga and dosa, aversion, pressure, stress of the world. And you've done the main thing, which is to conquer passion and illusion. So let's take some time in any of that that's useful for your practice. <laughs>